Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show, Monday night edition. That means after tonight, we have one more Monday night football game left next week, and then it's a wrap for the year. Then hopefully we'll do all of this over again in 2021. I'm Dave Lochran on Twitter at Lafay underscore D. Follow me there. And also with me, as always, Matt underscore Gajeski or Matt Gajeski on Twitter at Matt underscore Gajeski and former defensive end, NFL defensive end, mostly for the Chicago Bears, which is why he said he would take Matt Forte over Derrick Henry any day of the week. Conversation for another day. Alex Brown, follow him on Twitter at AlexBrown96. Alex, I'm having a tough time with that, man, but fortunately we don't have any good running backs to talk about or unfortunately for tonight's game between the Steelers and the ball, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. No, that is true. We do not have any running backs in this game. I think that's what sparked the conversation with Derrick Henry and Matt Forte. We, <laughs> we, we have running backs to talk about and we don't have them tonight. No, we don't. But Matt, what we do have is an in- intensely strange game for a couple of reasons. First of all, Pittsburgh Steelers, 14 and a half point road favorites against the Bengals, 40 and a half point total. I don't know whether it matters that Brandon Allen's out and Ryan Finley's going to be starting, uh, but I do know that the Baltimore, or the, why do I keep calling the Baltimore? The Cincinnati Bengals are in a spot where you and I have had a very tough time breaking down certain games this year for one reason or another on a single game slate. We always get through it, but tonight, I mean, how do you predict what the workload's going to look like in the backfield where Geo fumbles last week and then Travion Williams comes in and also fumbles and Samaje P. Ryan's getting opportunities and the, the, the wide receivers, who knows what's going on here. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while, but we'll get there. Yeah, I, I think they're just going to continue to try to evaluate players at this point. They're building for the future. They obviously have nothing to play for this year. So Trayvon Williams is a draft pick they had back in 2019. Giovanni Bernard is obviously not going to be in their long-term plans, just given his age at this point in his career. So taking a look at some of these younger backs, P. Ryan's obviously not it either. He's someone that's bounced around the league already. So I don't know, getting a look at 
Trayvon Williams is probably something they're going to continue to do. And I mean, hopefully the guy doesn't continue to fumble away his opportunities. By the way, guys, we're happy to have you with us. And I'm apologizing on behalf of myself and Matt for Thursday night. We failed you because we said we leave no stone unturned on this game. And we forgot to talk about Marcus Mariota. So <laughs> what can I say? Marcus Mariota was in the Millie Maker winning lineups. On FanDuel, it's like all of the top five lineups had Mariota. AB, I always say it. We leave, try to leave no stone unturned on these single game showdown slates. But I guess we missed that one. Marcus Mariota blew up with Derek Carr going down. And people actually played him. Not only did they play him, they played him and won money. A lot of it. Yeah, those people, those people have they have money to burn, man. Because if you're gonna go into a game or a slate thinking that somebody's gonna get hurt, especially somebody like Carr, like that's the only way Mariota gets in is if um a superstar like Carr or a I mean a really good player like Carr goes down. So you don't go into a game like that. I don't. So I would I wouldn't have played Mariota in a hundred lineups. But like you said, in that particular case, I wouldn't have won the the, the Millie either. So. And I didn't. Yeah. Ultimately, you say they have money to burn and they'll likely end up burning all of that money they won. Because if you're going in with an approach that Marcus Mariota is your guy, I don't know. Like you said, yeah, you're not going in there with $10 to play and saying, my one lineup, I'm playing Marcus Mariota. But it worked. Anyway, AB, I'll kick this game off with you. We're happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. And subscribe. Help us get to 50K. We made a nice little push yesterday. I think we're up, yeah, 44,500. All thanks to you guys. You're helping us get there, helping us grow this channel. And, you know, I said, the, the more subscribers we get, the more love, the more support on this channel, the better production value we get, the better quality, the better editing, the better guests and analysts and hosts and everything we get. Uh, so, you know, it goes a long way. And also, it shows up more in your recommended feed, your browse feature, and you always know when we're live, and we're live all the time for all sports. So hit that subscribe, hit that thumbs up, and we are getting underway. A.B., on the, the Steelers' side of the ball, 15 um, – oh, sorry, 14.5-point favorites. This game has a very low 40.5-point total. The passing game has been very strange lately for the Steelers because – Deontay Johnson and company continue to drop passes. So over the last, since week seven, right? So a long time since week seven, Deontay Johnson's averaging almost 11 targets per game. Juju 9.1, Claypool 7.5, Ebron 7.4, and James Washington 2.8. But last week, now you get people talking about Washington, but they're ignoring that Deontay Johnson got benched by Mike Tomlin because he dropped more footballs. So we got to hope he doesn't drop passes today early on because he might get pulled again. I hope it doesn't happen. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin, he's a, he's a guy that's going to hold you accountable. And if you're not doing your job, if you're hurting the team, then he's, he can get anybody in there that can drop a pass. I mean, hell, he can put in, pull people off the street to drop the ball. He needs guys that can get open and catch the football. And if they're not doing that, then he's going he's gonna to replace them. So that's, that's just Mike Tomlin. That's how he's always been. Um, I think when you look at uh, how this game uh, played out last time, I think this might be just what the doctor ordered for this um, receiving core and Big Ben now. So uh, Ben, uh, he threw for a bunch of yards, threw, what, three or four touchdowns last game. I want to say four touchdowns last game. So, I mean, this is exactly what they need to get themselves back going because the old school Pittsburgh is just, this is not that, this is not that team. 
This is not the 2005 Pittsburgh team that won the Super Bowl by running the football with, with the bus. This is not them. So they're going to throw the ball around, and they really need to get back into that rhythm. And I think this, right, this game right here is the perfect game for it. It's funny. I thought the exact same thing, and we'll get into the run game uh, in just a little bit. It's been heinous this year, Matt. But sticking with uh, the pass catchers here and Ben Roethlisberger under center, you know, he, the, the, the amount of pass attempts that he's averaging is astounding lately. And that's why I'm not really too concerned about yards per attempt because if I'm looking at these numbers, only Mahomes has more touchdown passes over the, the la- or since week seven. And since week nine, Roethlisberger is fourth in yards and only Justin Herbert's attempted more passes than him. So it doesn't really matter to me. The question for you is, where are you going with the pass catchers today? Most of them are pretty expensive and for good reason. And as AB pointed out, they just can't get the run game going. Yeah, I was looking at DraftKings and we have to go through one, two, three, four, four Pittsburgh Steelers at the top of pricing before we even get to a Cincinnati Bengals. So they're all priced appropriately and they are priced up. The really interesting question is what they do with Deontay Johnson after his, I guess it was a benching. He still played, what was it, 29 snaps. Tomlin said he sat him down and that this week he won't do it again. He's giving him, quote unquote, a clean slate. Yeah, I mean, the guy had double digit targets in five straight games prior to that. I have no problem taking a stab on him and he'd be my preferred play because there's not really a price difference between him and Juju. There's a little bit of a price difference between Claypool and Johnson, but the target share difference is notable. It's 23% versus 16%, which is a huge gap. I would be still trying to get Johnson if possible. Yeah, I'm with you. I think ownership to me plays a role as well, Matt. And one of those reasons is Juju, as I mentioned, he's averaging over nine targets per game uh, since week seven. I'm using week seven because Deontay Johnson was out week six. So it's just a lot easier to use that as a sample. And it's enough. Deontay Johnson leading the team, uh, 88 targets over that span. But Juju's up there as well. And he's playing essentially all of the snaps, you know, 88 plus percent of snaps every single week. But really, when you look at ownership, him and Deontay Johnson are essentially uh, tied neck and neck in ownership right in that high 40% range. Yeah, I think that's probably maybe an overreaction to Johnson's benching because Juju, while he is averaging a lot of targets, it's still not really that close to Johnson. It's about a 3% difference between Johnson and Juju over the course of the season. And even if you look to most recent games, it's still not close between the two. So, A.B., let me ask you a question. As a football guy yourself, uh, everyone that watches this always remarks, hey, we need more A.B. because the guy understands the game. He played the game. And I think there's a good question for you. Hey, take it as a compliment. Yeah, just like that subs thing, huh? (laughs) All right. That was not a compliment. I don't think he thought he was insulting you, but I guarantee the dude's never seen Terrell Suggs smile, right? Correct. Like if he's if he saw Terrell Suggs smile, that comment I don't think ever would have been made. But yeah. uh, are the Steelers overrated? And is this a team that you legitimately believe plays down to defenses? Because before, uh, uh, sorry, plays down the bad teams. Before you answer, I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. They against Washington, they lost. 
against that Baltimore team that had no players. They won by only five points. They, they smoked Jacksonville and Cincinnati, but they almost lost to Dallas. The list goes on. There have been a lot of games this season, uh, Denver being another one, where the Steelers just haven't played up to standards. And now they've lost two straight games after being the last undefeated team at 11-0 and just a couple weeks back. Well, I think um, the first couple, the first two teams you said, the Ravens and and Washington, I think they've proven that they have some pretty damn good defenses. So, sure. um, but I mean, their offense was gutted. Like, correct, correct. Like, they're. I don't know if they play down. I think plant when you're throwing the ball around, anything can happen. Um, if you're if you're talking about a team like uh, I'm gonna say it, uh, the Titans, and you can't stop the run, then you're in trouble. There's no. There's very little. Um, bad things that can happen when you're handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. So if you can't stop the run, then you're just in trouble. But when you're throwing the ball around, you can get guys at uh, Deontay Johnson dropping balls on third down, dropping balls um, to put them behind the sticks. So if you get in those situations and now the team knows you're going to throw it and you refuse to run it, well, we're still talking about NFL teams here. So, I mean, just like we watched uh, yesterday, you watched the Jets go and beat because everybody thinks, well, gosh, this team hasn't won a game. Well, there's still NFL players over there. You're still talking about some guys that when you look at the NFL, you look at each position, these guys are some of the top players in the world at doing what they do. So they're still really good. And if you don't come out and play, guys can make plays on you. So, And I think um, the Rams found that out. I don't think they played down the competition. I think that team's going to give them their best because they are the Pittsburgh Steelers and they have to realize that. That's a good point. Uh, Matt, as we jump around a little bit here, talking about the run game and I'm going out of order intentionally moving back and forth a little bit because there's so many moving parts with the Steelers team and so many different ways to tackle it. The, the run game has been brutal this season. They're averaging the least, the fewest yards per carry on the season, 3.7. Uh, Yards per game is at 31st and rushing touchdowns, they're 26th. And the only reason they're 26th in rushing touchdowns is because they have a much better offense than teams like Jacksonville and the Jets and the Giants, right? Where it's a whole lot easier. Actually, the Giants probably have more, but where it's a lot easier to get yourself in those goal to go situations. So does Mike Tomlin look to try to, and I hate the term, but I'm using it anyway, establish some form of run game going forward as they head into the playoffs in this cupcake matchup or should be cupcake matchup against Cincinnati, just having a pretty good understanding that they're not going to, to, they're not winning the Super Bowl if they have to rely on Ben throwing 45 to 50 times every game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think a completely one-dimensional offense can go out and beat some of the best teams in the NFL consistently. What do you say about this run game today? I honestly think they probably try to do the opposite. James Conner's hurt right now. He was limited in practice throughout the end of last week, and he's questionable for this game. If he doesn't play, sure, they could just ride Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels into the ground. But if James Conner's active, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a limited role and they try to keep some of this wear and tear off him as they make the playoff push. Like, he he is their best back, and they want him healthy. So I think riding James Conner into the ground doesn't make sense for them tonight. I think you will see elevated opportunities for Snell and Samuels either way. And because of that, maybe they continue the approach we've seen from them in recent games where it's pass heavy and you see maybe some passes out of the backfield to Samuels as an extension of the run game rather than just slamming Connor into the back of the offensive line. Jalen Samuel played the most snaps last week of any running back, A.B. 
And mm-hmm. the problem is, again, when I say there's so many moving parts with this game that it's hard to really evaluate, is Connor was coming off the COVID-19 list, and now you find out that he's been limited with a quad injury, which we don't necessarily know if that popped up in-game and he would have seen more carries. Benny Snell only played 9% of snaps. He was essentially phased out of the offense last week. But Jalen Samuel played more than James Conner, way more than Benny Snell, and he is dirt cheap today uh, in the, at, what, what is he, 600 or $800? $800 in the flex spot. Last week, he finished with four for 15 on the ground, but three receptions on four targets for 18 yards. I understand that's not great, but I'm going to try and talk about all the value that we have here because once you start rostering those expensive Steelers players and probably one of like Higgins or Boyd, you're going to need somebody cheap at the bottom. Can we get any value with these uh, Pittsburgh running backs? I'm, Samuel is the guy for me. Okay. I mean, I, you, because it just opens up so much more for you to do um, uh, with the other guys. So, I mean, I don't, it's going to come down to who you want to put in the captain slide and who's going to end up being that guy. Uh, which receiver is going to go off? Are you going to go with Johnson getting 10, uh, 10 targets or 11 targets? Are you going to go with Claypool only getting six targets, but he catches four of them for 110 yards and two touchdowns, you know, like he's just, He's crazy explosive, so he could be that guy um, tonight. So um, I think Samuel is the is the play uh, for running back for all the reasons you said. It's not like he's just on the field; like he's he gets on the field and they're looking to get him the ball. Um, that's uh, you, you can be on the field for forty plays, but if only thirty five of them you're the fourth um, option, then you're really not on the field. You know, and I like, truly, you're truly not on the field. But that's not the case here. So. I think they're trying to work him in. I think he is a more explosive uh, player than um, than Snail. So uh, I think you will see it. I think he'll get some catches out of the backfield. He'll get some touches. Um, the one thing that Pittsburgh do understand, they're not strangers to the playoffs. So they understand with Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, they understand that you're going to have to run the football in the playoffs. So I would not be surprised if they do come out and they try to keep this game as balanced as possible, or especially late, if they can jump up early, then you see a steady dose of Samuel and Snell. Yeah. And Matt, people in chat are saying that he's game script dependent, which I honestly don't even disagree with, but you have to follow that line of thinking a little bit further. If he's game script dependent and you're uninterested, who are the other cheap plays that you're looking at because it's going to, you're going to be looking at like Samaj P Ryan, or you're going to mm-hmm. be looking at Ray Ray McLeod, who, unless he breaks a punt return touchdown, you're likely not getting any opportunities from him. So who else down there is cheap enough? You're going to need somebody cheap, maybe not necessarily down in the 800 range, but value will be necessary. Is there anything else on the Steelers that gets you there other than Jalen Samuels? Honestly, no, there isn't. And they're already running four deep at the wide receiver position and James Washington being the cheapest. If you captain him, he's 6,600. Compared to Jalen Samuels, that's a drastic difference. So there's just straight up no value on this team. And the value on the Bengals isn't exactly as enticing. So we can argue all we want about the game script dependency of the Steelers' backfield. But in all reality, you're likely still playing Jalen Samuels in your low-risk contest because he's the avenue that opens up the studs. So if you particularly think Benny Snell's a great play, that's fine. You still probably have to play both in your lineup, at least in low-risk contests, in order to access the ceiling of the other players. For sure. And uh, 
right now, Jalen Samuel getting very little ownership. Him and Samaj P. Ryan getting essentially the same ownership. We'll get to the Bengals in a minute. Matt, to stick with you, though, um, what do you say about Eric Ebron, who's actually seen a fair amount of targets recently? And I do want to point out one thing. The James Washington stuff, I get it. But, you know, from week seven through 10, he averaged just over two targets per game. Over the past four weeks, he's averaging uh, around three and a half targets per game. But a lot of that came on the six target week last week against Buffalo when his snap count went through the roof as a direct result of Deontay Johnson sitting down and ceding a lot of those snaps to Washington. So in the event that Washington doesn't, or that Johnson doesn't start dropping footballs, it's very possible that he's relinquished back to a, uh, or relegated back to a two-target two role. Maybe he can break one. Maybe he gets a couple more. But I do think he's a lot riskier, and it would be uh, ill-advised to only be looking at last week and saying, man, look, everything came up. His snap count, his targets, that was a direct result of, uh, of Deontay Johnson being sat down. Anyway, Matt, your thoughts on Ebron and Washington? Yeah, I, I think you said it best with Washington. I honestly don't have anything to add. Because of that role, he likely is going to be behind Johnson – I think he's a little bit too expensive. He's priced as if he would be functioning as this wide receiver three, and that's not his typical role. So I'm in line with you. Ebron, I think, is a fine play. Like you said, the target volume for all of these Pittsburgh pass catchers has been ridiculous. And Ebron himself, he has double-digit targets in two of his last four games. He hasn't seen fewer than five in that span. His target share is 16.1%. That's the exact same as Chase Claypool. So as far <laughs> as cheaper pass catchers in this offense, Ebron would be someone to look at. What about your thoughts, A.B., uh, James Washington and Eric Ebron, who has come on really strong over the second half of the season? Mm-hmm. I, it's going to come down to ownership, uh, honestly, uh, with, with those two. I mean, if, if you just want to be – you want to get something that's probably not going to be there, um, having uh, James Washington or Ebron in the captain spot, I mean, it's just not going to be a popular play, I don't think. So, uh, but they, they definitely can see uh, those targets down in the red zone. And Washington has shown that he can, he can break a long one too. So he can take a eight yard route, um, break a tackle, and then he's gone. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals here. So, I mean, their, their defense is not very good. Um, I think it'll be a, there'll be a run first type team. I mean, they are playing against, um, they're playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So they, they don't want to run. The, I mean, they're not going to want to keep that quarterback in the, in the pocket and just have them have those guys tee off on him. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, if, if uh, Pittsburgh gets up on them, then it will be, I think, better to put a running back. And that's what I'm kind of thinking about. I'll have a running back for Pittsburgh because nobody's going there. Truly, like nobody's going there right. for the second half of that game. I can really see them running the ball 20 times, 25 times in the second half. I could too, even if it's not working that well. Like, what if they go up by three scores in the first? And of course, and we, we, we had, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying, and they could, and they really could do it. Yeah, like this is the same Cincinnati team that, and hey, by the way, guys, we see wild shit happen. Like, yesterday, the Rams were an abomination. They, <laughs> That was, I don't know, who's the bigger abomination? The Rams, McVay said outright, that was embarrassing, which is, 
you know, not something you hear very often from maybe I'm wrong, AB, but not something you hear very often from a head coach. Usually they give credit to opposing teams, even if they're bad, you know, they say, Oh, they're a good team. They fight hard. I haven't heard that in a while, but now the jets have lost or are, are not ahead in the um, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So, I mean, that was just a miserable game for fans on either side, but uh yeah, last last game the the Steelers faced Cincinnati. They absolutely smoked them, thirty six to ten. They yep. could absolutely go up early here and and maybe just try and get the ground game going. As it stands right now, Matt, uh, as AB just pointed out, I know you said you could see it going the opposite direction. James Conner thirty four percent, and uh, Jalen Samuel around nine percent. Benny Snell's not getting much at all, and he didn't play much at all last week. But tell me, who are your favorite plays from this game? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or, uh, sorry, from this team before we go to Cincinnati. I think you're trying to get Johnson if you can. I think he is the best projection of the group, given his role in the offense. And I mean typical role, not what we saw last week. In low-risk contest, Ben Roethlisberger has to be someone you're taking a strong look at just because of the raw passing volume for this game. And in the run game, it's really going to come down to James Conner's availability. If he plays, I still think we see three backs just because James Conner's banged up. There's no need to rush him back in an elevated workload. Then he'll split with Snell and Jalen Samuels. If we don't have James Conner, it's going to be split between both Snell and Samuels. I think they're both fine plays, but Samuels really stands out as the better price adjusted play. I like him a lot as a utility player because because he's kind of the access point that allows multiple studs in the offense given his price. How about you, AB? Your top plays from uh, Pittsburgh. I, I love the defense. I love the defense and Samuel. Uh, it's I, I just think it's too hard to kind of nail down which receiver or pass catcher is going to go off. But that still is defense. I mean, they could they could really get six sacks and score a touchdown on defense. Like they, they score really, two touchdowns to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. Awful. So, I mean, I, I think I, I think I'll be there um, to be a little different. I'll, I'll probably get three or four lineups, but one of them will be that Steelers defense um, in the captain spot for me. Um, it's just too hard. It's too hard to nail down which uh, which receivers are going to go off. So, and and truthfully, all, like none of them could go off. All of them could just have good games, you know. Like so. I don't know. I, I like the I like the Steelers defense. And AB's not on an island, Matt. I mean, their Steelers defense—they're getting loved today for very good per, for, for good reason. I mean, this might there have been, been a bunch of games this year, primetime games where it's just really lopsided. This might be the most lopsided on paper, at least, where you have an absolutely stellar defense. I know you could you could point towards Buffalo last week or a few other spots, but I mean, against this Cincinnati team. Unless unless Zach Taylor finds ways to get extraordinarily creative, I don't know how they score points, Matt. Yeah, I don't think they're going to score many. And I mean, last week, if you want to take the Buffalo game, for example, Joe Hayden didn't play. They'll get him back. 
I know they're missing Bud Dupree and a few others on IR. Devin Bush stands out. But again, that shouldn't be a huge issue against mm-hmm. the Cincinnati team, which has just major injuries everywhere, especially on the offensive line. And now when we're dealing with Ryan Finley, who's not exactly the most mobile quarterback, he's not exactly very safe with the ball, there's a chance for just enormous turnover opportunities. Uh, we'll go to the kicker whisperer here. Any interest in Chris Boswell, A.B., for Pittsburgh? <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> Because and the reason is I don't think um I don't think that Cincinnati's defense is gonna be able to stop the offense to put him in position to get points. Like he'll get four or five extra points, but but that's it. So no. All right. No. Let's flip it to the other side. Before we do, you guys should have known by now, but if you don't, the promo code Caruso gets you all of our NBA content all the way through the 29th of December for one single dollar. We've been doing this for like a week now. If you haven't done it yet, all you're missing, all you missed out on was some preseason content, right? This is where the, the real, the real stuff comes into play because for that dollar for the first week, you know, like you get free week free of, of MLB at bat or whatever. I think forget extra innings. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, NBA, game time what is the nba uh all of the game i don't know i get it every year and i can't remember but league pass thank you mm-hmm. nba league pass it's garbage it's on a delay but i do it anyway uh anyway the you get that for free for the first week you're like oh this is this is pretty cool um this for one dollar it's basically free uh and you get far more value than any nba league pass or anything like that because this way you're actually putting yourself in a position to make money back, right? It's an investment for $1. With that, you're just giving them money. Now, of course, you do this, you win some money, then you get league pass because you want to watch the games that you make money. But for $1, you're getting the ownership projections, the player projections, the boomer bust tool, which is huge. We even uh, showcased one for NFL yesterday. You get the prop betting tools, all of the daily strategy videos that these guys have been putting out, the premium articles, Uh, You see it on the screen right now, all of this stuff, optimal lineup probability, the express features and the lineup builder all for $1 through the entire first week of the NBA season. If you have any questions about it, you know where you can find me. Hit me up on Twitter, Lafayette underscore D. My DMs are open. I'm happy to answer your questions, but use that promo Caruso, C-A-R-U-S-O at checkout at awesome.com slash join. We'll see you over there. Oh, and be sure to join the premium Slack chat for that first week. Because uh, we do office hours with all of the pros and all of the analysts talking in there, taking time out of their day to answer your questions and help you uh, fine-tune your process. So be sure to get there, and we'll see you over there at awesomeo.com. All right, um, we'll start with you, A.B. Cincinnati, I don't know where to start here. They're huge dogs at home, ugly game. They have an implied total of 13 points. Is there anything of interest to you in the passing game because for me i'm saying t higgins solid boyd solid only because of the volume and that's mm-hmm. the only argument i can make they're gonna have to throw and those two guys have been targeted the most that's the only thing i can find i mean i i think they're you gotta so you gotta play one right so if i if i could play play all pittsburgh i probably would but you gotta play one of them um i would think oh tyler boyd maybe um, because they're okay, so you got to just just think about how this game's gonna go. They don't want Finley sitting back there doing five seven step drops because he's gonna get crushed. 
I mean, their offensive line is shaky. Um, they're just they just don't have the players to compete with this with this uh, Pittsburgh defense. So there'll be quick passes coming out. Um, I can see them trying to get the run game going. If they can find any success there, then maybe Piran. Um, so I I would probably go because I don't trust Finley at all. Um, I was watching that uh, Washington game, and my wife wanted to know if uh, she should play McLaurin. And I was like, no, because the quarterback that's actually throwing to him is terrible. So um, I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, do you play a receiver? Well, the quarterback that's throwing to him isn't very good. And then they're playing against a really, really good defense. So the only chance for them to score points is either, I don't know, the kicker or – you get um you get P Ryan. So that's where I would go with this. Um I'm I'm going P Ryan and he'll probably be the only one I play from there. I could I mean I can understand Boyd though if somebody wanna play him. Sure. Yeah, look, there's not much here, Matt, but let me tell you something. I dug deep. Ryan Finley's attempted nineteen passes this season. Nineteen. T. Higgins has seen a twenty six percent target share, five of those nineteen. Tyler Boyd and Drew Sample both have four targets each, 21%. And then Green, Bernard, and Erickson all have two each. It doesn't tell us much. I get that. But T. Higgins did seem to be a preferred option here along with Boyd. And I will throw it out there. You got a tight end who's coming in at a pretty cheap price, playing almost all of the snaps at the position and hauling in a decent amount of targets no matter who's been at quarterback. These are some of the things we have to talk about whether we want to or not. Yeah, Sample's fine. He has at least four targets in four straight games. So I, I'm fine with Sample if you're just trying to play the cheap players on Cincinnati, which honestly is a strategy that I'll likely be taking. I mean, you can pay an elevated price for someone like Boyd, or you can just go down and play a cheap player with decent volume in a low dot sort of passing offense. And Drew Sample does provide that. If you have the salary to get up to Higgins and Boyd, they're going to be better raw plays. They project better as far as just raw targets go. And I think you're spot on with the target totem pole. I think T Higgins is appropriately priced considering he has slightly fewer targets than Boyd on the season, but I think they're going to try to keep this passing game short. You're probably going to see a lot of just PPR points, points coming directly from receptions without the yardage. So I do think you want to play one to two of these guys still. So we had a couple of comments, Matt, in, in chat about Siebert, who is apparently the Bengals starting kicker. To, I know nothing about kickers. Like if you asked me to name the kickers on all 32 teams, I don't know. I could probably name off the top of my head, eight of them. I seriously have no idea. I don't know in my season long leagues. What, if you ask me at any given point in the leagues where the commissioner still has kickers and I've been lobbying against it, who's your kicker this week? Couldn't tell you because it shouldn't matter. But if comments are chat saying, you know, Austin Siebert could outscore all of these Bengals today. If that's the case though, right. You got to put them in position for maybe three long field goals you still have to move the ball there three or four times. So I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't, it, that, that's, what's tough for me. I, I still, I see the kicker as someone that could do it. that could get there, but you still have to put him in position. You still have to get him to, you know, at least the 35 or the 40 yard line several times in order to put him there to outscore all of you guys. And it takes skill players to get him there. I say skill players loosely. As far as Siebert, you know, being the most likely to like lead the Bengals in scoring fantasy points, that's extremely unlikely, like not even close. As far as price adjusted plays, I think he does stand out. You're debating players like 
Seabird and P Ryan and Travion Williams. So I think he's appropriately priced and you can play him. He'll be in some of my lineups, but he's not someone I make a priority. He'll just be in there when he gets in there when I'm, I'm running fantasy cruncher. So I think he's a worse play than Drew Sample. I think he's about in line with Travion and P Ryan. When he pops up, I'm not going to actively force it out. So I'm just, I think he's an appropriately priced play. Okay. And I'm saying this much, AB. For, mm-hmm. for me, I'm going to make a pretty easy decision here. I, I agree with both of you guys that there isn't a lot to like, but T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are almost, they're $1,600 apart on DraftKings. I'm just going to take the savings because I don't know what Finley is going to do. I know that in limited opportunity this season, Finley has looked towards Higgins and Boyd the most. But at that big of a discount, I'm just going to play the guy that 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 is likely going to see a good chance to see as many targets as anyone else on the team, and I'll take the discount on a bad team with no quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can I can totally understand that. Um, I, I I am looking. Oh man, I, I love I do I do like Matt um, talking about sample there. I, I do like that because when you when you think about when I'm thinking about how this game could play out and how good that defense is and that pass rush is, they're going to run the ball and then they're going to try to do play action off of it. They're going to get sacked. And then it's going to come down to short passes and trying to get guys open that way. So slants and uh, little five-yard out routes, that's what they're going to be trying to do. And that's how they're going to try to um, basically move the ball down the field. Um, but in, in order to do that, you got to have 13 plays in a row without having a, a negative play. So, without being offsides and with that offensive line, not jumping with this super fast defensive line. I just don't, I don't see it happening. So, but I do see sample getting those being the beneficiary of, of the kind of game that's going to play out here. So I do like sample. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually looking, looking at sample a little more now because he could be the guy that's looked at the most Boyd and Higgins getting down the field. That's not going to happen. All right, they might they might get a three step drop where they just throw it deep and just hope they get it, but that could very well be an interception because we're talking about a quarterback that's not going to throw a dime. Like he's he's going to put the ball up a 70-30 ball and Pittsburgh's probably going to come down with it. Yeah, sure. And you know, you're kind of just hoping for busted coverage yep. at this point, but uh, one more thing in chat co- comments about well, it only takes, you know, 35-40 yards to get in field goal range. Sure, but in a full PPR format if that means that, you know, one of these guys gets peppered and ends up having six for, for 60 on the day, even if he doesn't score, I still like that over, over a field goal kicker who, by the way, once you get in range, you still have to make those 50 yard (laughs) kicks or whatever it would be to put you as a top scorer. It's not automatic. And I don't know what I'm to expect from C, but you want to play him. That's fine. But I'm just saying that I I usually prefer the skill players here. Uh, Yeah. Samples played, 80 plus 85 plus percent of snaps in every game in all but one game since week like seven or eight. So, uh, Matt, I guess it's time to talk about the running back position here. Gio Bernard fumbles on the first drive that crushed me last week. I had, I had, I had a lot of him and I didn't even get to see what he could do. Travion Williams comes in, fumbles deep in Dallas territory. Samaje P. Ryan gets 10 carries. I mean, what the hell are we doing with the Bengals' backfield, if anything, today, given so much uncertainty, especially after last week and that ugly loss to Dallas? Yeah, and that wasn't the first time Giovanni Bernard started seeding work to back up running backs. Even the week prior, Giovanni Bernard played on just 35 of 52 snaps. That's a little over half. 
Giovanni Bernard is getting cut next season, and I don't really see any way around it. They can cut him for 600000 dead cap money. He's old, and they're just evaluating younger players at this point. Trevon Williams was a pick for them in 2019. He didn't play much last season, so why not get a look at him here? Samaje Pirine's a practice squad level player who's bounced around the league, but if he ends up showing something, I mean, they might keep him around on the on the roster. They already dedicated a ton of money to Joe Mixon, so there's no real reason to throw Giovanni Bernard out there for extended run in this game. I don't really see his role increasing. Now, that makes Samaje Pirine and Travion Williams interesting plays because they're just above the minimum price. I don't really have a strong lean between them right now. If I had to pick just between the two, I would go Williams because he's the younger player who seems to have more long-term offside on the roster. Pirine, again, is just a practice squad player who has been elevated due to injuries. All right. Well, A.B., you already talked about Pirine a little bit. Uh, And, yeah, he's been elevated due to injuries. But do they go behind early and say, you know, screw it, throw him in there, see if maybe there's something? I don't know. They do that with Travion Williams? Maybe do they keep Gio Bernard seated this week after last uh, last week's ugly first drive fumble? I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that I know. So what's the best way to go about this with the understanding that none of us actually do know? Because no one does. No, nobody knows. Um, I, I, would, I would think at this point you do want to see what your player, the players that's on your roster, you want to see what they handle. But – I mean, in a game that's not completely blown out, you want to have your better players in there. And I think it'll be P. Ryan early on. And if he's having success, that's another reason he stays in because then you have a guy in P. Ryan because, I mean, you're looking at who's going to back up uh, Mixon if he goes down, which he does go down. So um, you want to have that that second guy too. So I like P. Ryan um, as far as just how the game should be played or the – the plan that they're coming in uh, to this game with, they're they're going to try to run the ball. They're not going to have a lot of success, I don't think, but you're not going to just have Finley stand back there and throw the ball 35, 40 times either. So, uh, but I, I can definitely see Piran um, getting 15, 20 carries. And if he can be halfway decent there, I mean, you can definitely get some points there. Maybe sneak a touchdown, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be huge. And, you know, Matt, I was just thinking about this now listening to AB and, and, and listening to you talk, it's legitimately possible that no skill player on the Bengals has more than like eight DraftKings points today, right? Is it is it probable? Maybe not, but it's not insane to think that this entire team puts up pretty, uh, pretty uninspiring numbers across the board. If that's the case, and you did play P. Ryan, um, and he gets you like five or even four, but it allows you to get one more stud Pittsburgh player into your lineup, that may actually be a a risk worth taking. And I haven't built a ton of lineups yet, but I'm definitely going to play around with it. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. And on P. Ryan, I I think he is a good play. When I I talk about giving a slight edge to Trevion Williams, that's just because they drafted him. Like Trevion Williams is essentially a practice squad level player too. He's a sixth round draft pick. Right now, I think they're just evaluating Pirine and Williams. So like AB said, I do think Pirine gets elevated opportunities because they're just trying to figure out what they have in these guys. Mixon's their guy, but they need someone to back him up. Like AB said, Mixon has gone down with injuries multiple times in multiple seasons. So that backup role is very important for them, and it's not a role Giovanni Bernard is going to be playing in the future. All right. Um, zero interest in Finley for you guys, right? No. no. Okay, so A.B. has no interest. Matt, you're saying you might have some interest? 
Yeah, because he plays quarterback and he's not coming in with egregious ownership. So, I mean, like he has more opportunity than anyone else on the Bengals. If he even plays a moderate game and you want to talk about someone eclipsing eight DraftKings points, he's probably the most likely to do so just because the ball's literally in his hands every play. And if you think one of the receivers has success, well, Finley has to have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My only, my what, thing about, is- what about Kevin Hogan? Are we playing back? Are we playing backups here? Are the Marcus hey, Mariota thing? I got to bring him up. You know, it's funny. If there was ever a time where a quarterback gets benched early on and another one comes in, it's this week. No stone unturned, baby. You can't say we didn't talk about it. Av, what do you think about Hogan? Nothing at all. I know he's like <laughs> like the starter they're putting out. I'm a different, like second string guy. And Hogan is a is a Hogan a former uh receiver right or is it is it is that not the same guy um i think that's chris hogan wasn't it that's chris hogan okay yeah. that is hogan. okay also a former receiver because that see? dude went from one good season to just stink it yes you will see i have zero inches i'm no i don't I, no okay. i'm i like i like pittsburgh's defense that's who i like i don't care who they, who they put at quarterback i like Pittsburgh's defense I did I did just make a lineup here with so Ebron Captain Juju. I'm okay getting some Ebron Captain. He always has, you know, the touchdown upside. He has double digit targets in two of his last three games. Then Matt, I have Juju, I have T. Higgins, I have Rotlisberger. If I throw Finley into the mix, I've got thirty eight hundred remaining. Oh, look at that. Austin Siebert. Right there, or Samaje Pirine. I don't know. Maybe it's worth it. You could also go with Pirine and upgrade uh, T. Higgins to Tyler Boyd. So if you wanted to go two Pittsburgh pass catchers with Roethlisberger and then Finley with a pass catcher and maybe someone like Pirine or whoever else down there at the bottom, mm-hmm. it is doable, Matt. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but you're right. He's the cheapest you're going to find a quarterback on a showdown slate pretty much ever. Yeah, and I don't think he's a good play. I don't want people in the chat to be confused. Like, all right, play Ryan Finley tonight. He's a bad play, but we need to play someone from the Cincinnati Bengals. And when we're taking a contrarian standpoint, you want to talk about opportunity. He has more opportunity than anyone else. Will he do anything with it? Probably not, but he is going to handle the ball every single play. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hogan is available on on DraftKings, by the way. Uh, Lock him in. Well, someone was, saying, someone was saying he wasn't available. He, he's available. He's six thousand in the cap or in the uh, utility spot, so or flex spot. All right, fellas. Well, I, I think we've hit on everything. If you guys are coming in late, uh, first of all, thanks for being with us. Second of all, you can start it from the beginning, or you can watch these shows anytime throughout the day on YouTube or on any of our podcast platforms. So if you go to Apple uh, Podcasts, you go to Spotify, any of that. We got you covered. Just type in Awesome All of these shows, the ones that actually have some bit of a shelf life, are all available every single day uh, after we finish up going live. And be sure to go to Awesome underscore com. Check out the pinned tweet for tonight's Monday Night Football giveaway. A free year of Awesome Plus NFL content is what you win. So you could start it next season, get the entire calendar year. You could start it this year and get it all the way till the end of next year. Whatever you want to do. Just follow the instructions in the tweet and predict whether Ben Roethlisberger or Finley throws for more yards tonight. Tough question. Might lose sleep on that one. Random winner will be selected among the correct guessers. And, of course, while you're doing that, check out our free content 
over at awesomemode.com. We like to give you guys some free content each day to see what we've got. Today, it's the showdown ownership projections that we reference on the show so often. That'll do it for us. Follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski. Follow AB at AlexBrown96. Myself at Lafayette underscore D and Awesomeo at Awesomeo underscore com. Jordan Klein, thanks for producing this one, brother. We'll see you guys back here soon. As a matter of fact, I'll be back in less than 15 minutes with, who am I with? Josh Engelman, Adam Scher. It's the Monday morning recap strategy show. It's an awesome one. We look at everything that worked and didn't work from last week. Lineup study on Fantasy Cruncher, the best, worst lineups. We've had a new segment, which is the worst lineup from the Millie Maker. It's a ton of fun. So join us if you've got the time, and we'll see you back here soon. Thanks for watching, guys.